This is the Ford Theater, a full hour of radio drama. Our play today, The Late Christopher Bean, a tender comedy about a hired girl and an unusual romance. In the past three generations, millions of Americans have learned to rely on Ford products. For three generations, Ford has led the way in the development of more dependable, more economical transportation. Today, in the third generation, more than eight million Americans prefer Ford products. They know from experience you can depend on Ford. Our regular Ford Theater spokesman, Howard Lindsay, is away in Detroit, where he recently opened his new production, Life with Mother. To fill his place, Mr. Lindsay has invited a very distinguished actor, Louis Calhern, who shared with him, alternately, for many years, the part of father in Life with Father. Currently, Mr. Calhern is the starring in the Broadway revival, The Play's The Thing. We take great pleasure in presenting Mr. Louis Calhern. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It seems to be my lot to share many of the good things in life with my friend, Howard Lindsay. I am delighted to be here this afternoon to introduce the Ford Theater's presentation of the late Christopher Bean, with Barbara Weeks in the role of Abby. It's a revealing play about how the expectancy of sudden unearned money can disrupt the behavior of a family. Further, it's a play in which sentiment triumphs over greed... And a humble hired girl shows great nobility. As our curtain goes up, we find ourselves in the art galleries of Messrs. Bannon and Talent, located on New York's 57th Street. Mrs. Alcott, a wealthy collector of paintings, is being shown round by Mr. Bannon. Are you sure I can't interest you in this Rembrandt, Mrs. Alcott? I told you, Mr. Bannon, I want a Christopher Bean. Well, perhaps this Van Dyke, a magnificent painting. Bean. Christopher Bean. That's what I want. Well, my dear Mrs. Alcott, it may interest you to know that there are only two Christopher Beans in existence. One in the Metropolitan Museum and the other in the Corcoran Gallery. Well, has Mr. Bean stopped painting? Christopher Bean, my dear lady, is dead. Has been for years. Died quite young, as a matter of fact. Poor as a church mouse. Had some lung trouble, I believe. Well, he just wasn't a, a one-work painter, surely. He must have done other pieces. Well, he did a great many, but unfortunately, it's impossible to find them. Are you sure it's impossible, Mr. Bannon? Mrs. Alcott, art dealers are scouring the four corners of this country for paintings and information on Christopher Bean. Well, perhaps some other gallery may be able to help me. Good day. But Mrs. Alcott... Well, Bannon? No, look. You saw for yourself, Talon. She just walked out. You couldn't tell her the Rembrandt? She wants a Christopher Bean. Oh, they all do today. Those articles by Maxwell Davenport have made him the rage of New York. Well, that settles it. Did you see Davenport's article in the Chronicle this morning, Talent? Oh, yes, yes, I did. This little country doctor he's heard about, Milton Haggart, may hold the key to the late Christopher Bean. Possibly. <laughs> what of it? Well, I intend to... Hello, uh, Grand Central Station? I'd like your schedule on trains to Tompkins Corners, Massachusetts. Are you, um, thinking of going there, Bannon? Well, of course I am. Might be able to find something in that little burg. Uh, hello, information? Uh, what time do you have trains running to Tompkins Corners, Massachusetts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a second. Talent! Talent, where are you going? Yes, this is Dr. Haggett's home. No, this is Abby, the hired girl. Who's it for, Abby? It's for your father, Susan. Pa, telephone! Oh, drop that telephone. I just got home. Hello. Telegram? Somebody died. Who's it from, Pa? I'll see, Susan. Who's it from? Maxwell Davenport. Don't know him. What'd you say again? <laughs> Don't make a bit of sense. 
Well, thanks anyway. What's it say, Pa? There's a fellow by the name of Maxwell Davenport is coming to call on me today. How's that call for a telegram? Didn't say. Just said he's an admirer of that young artist fellow that lived in our barn, the late Christopher Bean. Oh. What's the matter, Abby? Oh, n- nothing, Dr. Haggett. Uh, it's nothing. Oh, it's the excitement of leaving after 15 years. Well, bless my buttons. Today is the day, isn't it? I clean forgot. It's going to seem like losing one of the family when Abby goes. I'd appreciate it, Susie, if you didn't talk about me leaving till after I'm gone. Couldn't live through the day if there's going to be talk about it. Well, if you feel so bad about leaving us, Abby, why don't you stay? I want to, Susie. You know I want to. But it's the will of God. First time I ever heard of the will of God sending a woman to live in Chicago. (laughs) What else would it be, Dr. Haggett, to make my poor brother's wife die and leave him with four little children? No woman in the house. It wouldn't be my way to will a thing like that. We know, Abby. What else would make me go from a place where I'd been fifth? Long years. Milton? Yes? You home yet, Milton? I'm home, Hannah. How'd she think I'd answer if I wasn't? <laughs> you better come up here right away, Milton. I want to talk to you. Coming. Seems like everything in this house always gets going at once. What is it, Hannah? Well, Warren Creamer was supposed to pick up his paint buckets from Peyton, your office, last night, and he didn't. Now, Ada's got the sick headache from the paint smell. I told Abby to tell Warren Now, Hannah, it isn't Abby's fault Warren Creamer didn't come for his paint buckets. And anyhow, she's leaving today. Well, I can't say I'm sorry. Abby ain't got a mite of style or dash to her. Now, look here, Hannah. You're not thinking of bringing in one of those city maids from Boston? Why not? Because we can't afford her, that's why not. Unless you can find some way to collect my back bills, I take my stand on that. Well, I take my stand, too, Milton Haggett. And I wouldn't be no mother if I give it up. What's a city maid got to do with being a mother? You may not care if your daughters get married or not, but I do. And so do they. Pa wants for me to grow up an old maid. I'm pretty near that now. You're not more than a baby. I'm 24. No, you're not. You're 26. Come on. Now, there's no call to go throwing Ada's age up to her, Milton. You hear me? And if she is 26... That makes it all the worse, then. You want your girls to grow into old maids? Dried up old maids like Abby? You all finished packing, Abby? Almost. That's the sixth time you went to look out my window, Susie. Whatever you're looking for. I wanted to see if Warren Creamer was coming up the walk. Ma's awful mad at him about not coming for those paint buckets. Warren Kramer's got the wide pair of shoulders and he can look after himself. Meanwhile, Susie, I'd be ever so much obliged if you'd help me get my portrait down from the wall. Why, sure, Abby. If you'd just grab hold of that end there. Uh-huh. Now set it down right here on the bed, Susie. <sighs> Thank you kindly, Susie. You're not thinking of taking the picture to Chicago with you, Abby. Why, what else would I do with it, Susan Haggy? But it's so monstrous big, Abby. Well, you'd never be able to handle it on the train with your reticule and all the other things. I wouldn't move a step in this world, Susan, without my portrait. Well, Ma says the boy that drew it, I was too little to remember him good, but she says he lived in the back of the barn where Pa keeps his old Ford now. She says he died of too much drink. Is that a fact, Abby? That's a lie. Abby! I don't want to say nothing against your Ma, Susie, but that just ain't true. The late Christopher Bean was the most gentlemanly man I ever knew on this earth. The most. I was too young to really remember him. I ain't ever forgotten him. The things he taught me. Why, Susie, he taught me things I never knowed there was in this world. That's the feeling I get sometimes about Warren Creamer. Not that Chris ever set up to be a teacher, Susie. Oh, no. But you couldn't be with him any time at all and not... Pick up a mite here and a mite there. What did he teach you like, Abby? I'd be interested to hear if you remember. Oh, I remember. It was mostly things to see, I guess, Susie. Like, did you ever notice the way the marshes get a rust color this time of year? I never seen the marshes get rust color. I didn't neither. Till Chris showed me. But now I'm leaving and I won't see the red barn no more, nor the hill pasture, nor... None of the places he liked to paint. I used to take him hot coffee while he was painting. He was the only man that ever took me serious and talked to me, Susie. Talked to me? I would have liked to known him. He taught me lots, Susie. And I ain't never forgotten none of it. 
I've lived over and over that time he spent here. Over and over it. Ever since he died. Abby, was he... Was you... Did you say he was looking out the window so you could see Warren Creamer when he comes up the walk? Well, here he comes now, and if you want to get to him for your ma, oh, does... Oh, I better run then, Abby. I'll help you finish packing later. I'm all finished now, Susie. All I got left to wrap is... My portrait. Susie. I saw you from Abby's window upstairs, Warren. I, I ran all the way down. Did you, Susie? I wanted to tell you, Warren. Ma's awful. I looked for you last night to say goodbye, but you wasn't around. That's why I left my buckets here, so I have an excuse to come back. You hadn't ought to have done that, Warren. Ma's awful, man. I brought you a present, too. Did you, Warren? Who is that, Susie? Is that that paper hanging It's Ma. It's Warren Creamer, Ma. Ma's awful mad about you not fetching your buckets sooner, Warren. She's just Well, it's about time you showed up, Warren Creamer. Ada's been sick all morning on account of your paint buckets. Look at her. It ain't Warren's fault, Ma. He don't know I'm delicate. Warren come to get his paint buckets, Ma. And I brought each of the girls a little present, Miss Haggett. A present? For me? Oh, Warren, what is it? I brought you each one of my pictures. Pictures? Oh, they're awful pretty pictures, Ma. We could hang them over the sideboard, the two of them. No, Susie. I wouldn't have no appetite if I had to look up at a dead fish and a dead duck. Oh, Ma. Warren, I had no idea you was a picture painter. Now, Warren and me are kindred spirits, aren't we, Susie? I don't know, Ada. What makes you and me kindred spirits, Ada? Because I'm a picture painter, too, silly. That flower piece on the wall there. Yes. Ada painted that years ago. Oh, of course, I was only a baby then. But I could give you a lot of pointers, Warren, if you was to come here pretty regular. Couldn't I, Ma? Well, I'd rather have a real painter in the family than a picture painter. I was thinking of painting the dooryard fence for you, Miss Haggard. For free? I, uh, but but I think I'll paint your portrait of the girls instead. Oh. Oh, I'll be pleased to pose for you, Warren. You and Susie. You'd sit for me, Susie? Yes, Warren. Oh, but couldn't you paint the girls and the dooryard fence? Ma, Warren will begin to think we're greedy. What do you want me to wear for your painting, Warren? What you got on's fine, Ada. Oh, this rag? Oh, no, I'm going to put on my flower print. You'll love me in my flower print. Now, don't you budge from the top. <laughs> I'd better go and help her. I didn't know you was fixing to be an artist, Warren. I am, Susie. And I'll be a good one, too. Chris Bean taught me. Christopher Bean? He used to let me follow him wherever he went and draw the same things he did. I try to remember all he taught me. I'm going to be a good artist, Susie. You wait and see. Oh, I know you will, Warren. Only... Only what? Well, when you paint our picture, Warren, Ada's and mine, make Ada look real pretty. I couldn't make her prettier than she is, Susan. I... I wouldn't be a real artist if I did. Oh, you've got to, Warren. You've got to be nice to Ada or you'll get Ma down on you. I paint pictures to suit myself, not your ma. Besides, I guess you know why I'm painting this picture. Said you wanted to give ma a present. All I want's an excuse to see you every day. You've known me a long time to talk that way, Warren. I guess you know me long enough to know what I think about you. Guess you better not say any more. You say you'll marry me and I won't. Oh, I wouldn't be any wife for you, Warren. Not if you're going to be an artist, I wouldn't. Why not? I'm a hard worker and I'm going to be a good artist. But I don't even know if I like art much. I'll teach you to like it. Haven't even said you loved me. Do I have to say that? I... I guess I'd have to wait till Lady gets married first. I'd never have any peace if I didn't do that, Warren. Well, I better kiss you anyway. Why? Well, we're going to get married, ain't we? And as long as I'm here anyway. Well, as long as you're here anyway. You ain't afraid? No. Well, here I am, Warren. Ada! Well, of all the... Ada, what's come over you? You know I was busy in the kitchen. There's things going on here Ma want tending to. Ada. I come into the room, Ma, and the first thing I see is him and Don't Susie. Don't tell her what I was doing, Ada. Why not? Because I'd sooner show her myself. Warren! Oh, he's kissing her again, Ma! Warren Creamer, how dast you? You pack up your stuff and tear out of here at once. All right. I don't mind. Coming with me, Susie? 
Susie and me are going to be married, Miss Haggett. Ma, if you let Susie get married ahead of me... Don't you worry, Ada. Susie ain't going to marry no Warren Creamer. My daughter's too good to waste on any starving deadbeat of an artist. Ma! You ain't talking about me, Miss Haggett. I'm the best bet for marriage in this whole country. I'm going far, and Susie's coming with me. Milton! <laughs> if you ain't out of this house before I count ten, Warren Creamer... Please go, Warren. I'll get word to you later. All right. I'll go to keep the peace for Susie's sake. But she's going to come with me because we are going to be married. And as for you, Mrs. Haggett, you're what they call a Philistine. Warren! I don't care, Susie, because it's the truth. A Philistine, Mrs. Haggett! (laughs) Well, the trunk's ready, and it's... Susie, what's the matter? Ma, just nip the silly little romance in the bud, Abby. That's what's the matter. Ada... I don't see no need to discuss our private doings. And I want you to come and help me in the kitchen. All right, Mom. Oh, don't take on so, Susie. He loves me, Abby. He loves me. And I love him. I know, honey, I know. <laughs> What'll I do, Abby? You'll find a way, Susie. But what if I don't? What if there ain't no way? Well, if you love him, Susie, you'll have to find a way. <laughs> Yes, sir. Oh, uh, you're Abby, aren't you? Well, I've never seen you before, that I remember. <laughs> no, you never have. Well, if this is the first time we've ever met, how'd you walk right in and call me by name? I'll tell you all about it, Abby, after I've talked to Dr. Haggard. But you say we've never met before, and yet you... Is that Dr. Haggard coming down the stairs? Yes, it is, but what I'd like uh, to... Dr. Know... Haggard, sir. What's that? Abby, have you been keeping a patient waiting on the landing again? Dr. Haggard, this man... Well, come right in, sir. Come right into the parlor here and sit down. Abby's been with us so long, she's gotten careless. Now, what's your chief complaint? Where does it hurt most? Oh, well, I'm not sick, Doctor. Not sick? Well, then what are you here for? To pay a debt. To me? You look startled, Doctor. Uh, Let me explain. A matter of ten years ago, you had as a patient a young man called uh, Christopher Bean. Oh, it's you, is it? I beg your pardon. (laughs) Funny me taking you for a patient, but... I wasn't expecting you for some hours yet. Uh, You were expecting me? Well, I got your telegram, Mr. Davenport. Isn't that right? Maxwell Davenport? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Maxwell Davenport. (laughs) And I can tell you very quickly why I'm here. Going through an old desk of mine the other day, I came across an old letter that my dear old friend Chris had written me while he was living here. Yes, we let him use the old barn to paint his pictures in. (laughs) Terrible bad those pictures were. He mentioned an unpaid bill and asked if I could help him pay it. The sum, I believe, came to, uh, $100. Is that correct? Well, I don't remember that I kept exact track, but likely he asked me how much he owed me, and likely I told him if ever he had a hundred, he could spare. Allow me, doctor. A little late, but paid in full. Well, gosh, am I. And all my apologies for keeping you waiting. Well, gosh, just a minute. Hannah! Ada! I want you to meet my family, Mr. Davenport. Hannah! What's the matter, Milton? Me and Ada was just fixing to get some rest. Oh, after all the aggravation I had this morning. Oh. Davenport, my wife and daughter. Hannah, Ada, I want you to meet an honest man. What? Don't be alarmed, ladies. (laughs) Davenport here came all the way from New York to pay up the little debt poor Chris owed me. A hundred dollars. A hundred dollars? Oh, let me see what? it, Pa. Why, you, you cover me with confusion, Doctor. I see nothing extraordinary in what I've done. You haven't tried collecting doctor's bills. I um, just happened to think of a little something you could do for me, though. Yes? What is it, Mr. Davenport? Uh, did uh, Chris, by any chance, happen to leave any of his pictures around? Oh, I know they're worthless. Chris wrote how even the village boys laughed at him. <laughs> we never let him see us laugh, did we, Ada? No, Ma. No, I just want them for their uh, sentimental value. You understand. Why, I know where there's one right now you can have. You do? Yeah, out in the chicken house. In the chicken house? Yes, there was a leak in the chicken house roof, and I was looking around for something good and watertight. Those pictures are solid with fine, thick oil paint, you know. <laughs> yes, I know. Now, wait. Abby! I just thought of something else. Yes, Dr. Haggard? Uh, run up in the attic and look in that corner behind the north dormer. 
Seems to me like a few years ago we put one of them pictures of crisp beans in there to stop up that leak, too. What, what you want with it, Dr. Haggis? Mr. Davenport here wants it to do take along home with him. Mr. Davenport does? Yeah. Mr. Davenport was Chris Bean's closest friend. Mr. Davenport yeah. was? Yeah. See if you can get that picture off without tearing it. Uh, then bring it down here. But Mr. Davenport? Yeah, that's what I said. Yes, Dr. Haggis. Uh, I'm sorry to cause your household so much trouble. A man like you ain't no trouble to us. I only hope we can find what you're after. Uh, how about Ada's flower piece of the wall there, Mr. Davenport? Ada's flower piece? Mm. Mom means I turned one of Christopher Bean's pictures over to paint my flower piece on the back. You did? I mean, did you paint this, Miss Haggett? This lovely, lovely thing? Gosh almighty. Would I be able to prevail upon you to let me buy it, Miss Haggett? Buy my painting? What's it worth? Mm, what do you say to, uh... Fifty dollars? Fifty dollars? But I could do one like it every day. Oh, don't hesitate then, Miss Haggett. Your fortune's made. It strikes me kind of funny, Mr. Davenport, you coming in here and paying Christopher Bean's bill and then offering my daughter fifty dollars. I'll take it, Mr. Davenport. A young girl like me can spend fifty dollars, Pa. Thank you, Mr. Davenport. Five new bills. And thank you, Miss Haggett. For the very great pleasure of discovering a new art. Well, at this rate, maybe we can have a city made after all. And you got Chris Bean's picture on the other side of mine, Mr. Davenport. Oh, oh, oh. by Jove, so I have. You know, I'd quite forgotten that. Oh, this is his work, all right. Can I see you a minute, Dr. Haggett? Well, Abby? Out here. Well, yeah. All right. Excuse me, Mr. Davenport. Why, surely. I couldn't find a thing in the attic. There's no pictures up there of any kind. But I tell you, I'm positive. I've been over every inch of that attic, Doctor. Couldn't find a thing but the old trundle bed used to be in the front room before you got the brass bed. And the trunk with your ma's pewter in it in the other trunk. I could have sworn. Well, it's too bad. That's all, Abby. Uh, Dr. Haggett. Yeah? If I was you, Dr. Haggett, I'd watch Mr. Davenport real careful. What makes you say that? Strikes me it's always a good idea to watch folks careful when they know as much as he does. I declare, Abby, I think Mrs. Haggett's pretty near right about the way you meddle. Didn't I get a telegram from him this morning? Isn't he an artist? You ain't got nothing against artists, have you? Me? Oh, no, Dr. Haggett. No, not me. So the curtain falls on Act One of Sidney Howard's comedy, The Late Christopher Bean. Abby apparently has her own reasons for not helping to find Christopher Bean's paintings to give to the visitor she distrusts. We'll learn more about the visitor and the paintings, and Abby, in Act Two. In the meantime, let us renew our acquaintance with Kenneth Banghart, speaking for the Ford Motor Company. Bright and early last Friday morning, Ford dealers all over the country removed the concealing posters and paint that had covered their showroom windows, opened their doors wide, and invited the public to see the car of the year, the 49 Ford. And that invitation was accepted by a lot of people. According to reports we have from every part of the United States, literally millions of people have already visited their neighboring showrooms to see the Ford 49er. And Ford dealers are expecting busy days and crowded showrooms for some time to come. Because it seems that everybody wants to see the new Ford. People have heard about it on the radio, seen stories and pictures in newspapers and magazines. Thousands have even seen it on television. And everybody has heard talk about it. And what they've seen and heard has apparently convinced everyone that this is a car that must be seen. And they haven't been disappointed. From coast to coast... People are saying that the beautiful new Ford really is the car of the year. The new low silhouette of the 49 Ford, its new width and strikingly handsome new airfoil grille, its sleek new lines and distinctive simplicity have surprised and delighted millions. Then, when they've seen the new features of the car and learned about its new roominess, comfort, and performance on the road, men and women from Oregon to Florida have been enthusiastic. In every state of the Union, people have seen and liked the 49 Ford. If you haven't seen the Ford 49er yet, 
Your Ford dealer invites you to see it tomorrow. Go if you can. You'll enjoy seeing the one and only new car in its field, the car of the year, the 49 Ford. The second act of the Ford Theater's presentation of the late Christopher Bean will be heard after a brief pause for station identification. household and the humble heroine of our Ford Theater play is leaving after 15 years to take care of her brother's family in Chicago. With her, she's taking her two most valued possessions, a portrait of herself and the memory of the young man, Christopher Bean, who painted it just before his death. As the curtain rises on act two, we find Susan, the younger Haggard daughter, still planning her secret meeting with Warren Creamer the young house painter of whom her mother disapproves. Monty, aren't back from the store yet, are they, Abby? My land, Susie, you give a body a heart attack creeping up like that. No, they ain't. Tim, will you watch the front door against their coming, Abby? I just seen Warren Creamer waking out by the barn. You're taking awful chances, you two, and don't try to mix me up in it my last day. Hello, Susie. Hello, Warren. I seen you by the barn. I seen you, Wave. What was it you want? What do you want hanging around the barn for, Warren Creamer? There'll be just a terrible row from our finds out. I have something to tell her. What, Warren? What do you want to tell me? I just come to an important decision in my life, Susie. What important decision, Warren? Well, Harold Sherman's been after me, Susie, to sell my stock and business so he can have all the contracting around here, and today I made up my mind to take it. Now, what you want to go do that for? So I, get into, so I get to New York and study art. Warren Creamer, that's an awful rash step to take. And it, it, it means you'd be going away from here. I wouldn't do it on only one condition, Susie. What's the condition? That you come with me. Oh, you know Ma will never let me go, Warren. Well, didn't you hear the way she took on this morning? I wasn't figuring to let your Ma know nothing about it. You ain't proposing to elope. If Susie likes me as much as she says she does. Oh, I do, Warren. I think you're wonderful. He wants taken down some. Abby! I got it all figured out, Susie. Everything. You give your clothes to Abby to put in her trunk. Then when I bring the truck to fetch her things, you come along with her like you were seeing her off. Then I drive you to the junction and put you on the train. Then I meet the both of you in Boston and we get married. Guess there ain't much wrong with that scheme, is there, Abby? If you listen to one word of this, Susie Haggett, I'll tell your mom. Abby, you wouldn't. Why wouldn't I? It's my bounden duty. Haven't you never cared for any man, Abby? You think I'd be watching this front door now if I hadn't? Abby! Now, you better get along now, Warren Creamer, before you get caught. Oh, uh, say you'll help us, Abby. Abby, please. There's still some room in the trunk if you don't mess it up too much when you pass. Oh, I love you, Abby. I love you. We'll never forget this, Abby. Never. Oh, now go on. Get out of here, Warren Creamer. Ain't got time to stand around and have my arm pumped up and down. I got doorbells to answer. <laughs> Yes? This is where Dr. Haggett lives, I believe? It's where he's been living for 30 years. I wonder if I can see him for a minute. You can have a chair. Weight room magazines got lost during the painting, but he won't keep you long. You must be Abby. Do you know me, too? Well, I've heard an awful lot about you, Abby. You... If that's a patient, Abby, ask This man wants to see you, Dr. Haggett. I don't know what's got into things around here, but I'm getting back to my kitchen. Abby's been with us a little too long, but she's leaving today. Ah, yes. My card, Dr. Haggard. You're here as a patient, Mr. Uh, Bannon? No, no, I'm not. I'm here on a more fortuitous mission. You once had as a patient, Dr. Haggard, a young friend of mine, Christopher Beer. Why, yes, sir. Looking through his old letters the other day, by the merest chance, I was reminded that Chris had died owing you $100. Computing the interest on his unpaid bill at 6%, the total for 10 years comes to exactly $160. Allow me to offer you my check for the full sum. Yeah. Thank you. I, I see artists make better paying patients than I thought. Indeed they do, Dr. Haggard. Only, uh, only what? There's one question occurs to me I'd like to ask you. Anything, Dr. Haggard, anything. 
Are you going to ask me if Chris didn't leave any pictures behind him that you can take away as uh, souvenirs? Am I? No, 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 Dr. Haggard. I don't do things that way. I... Well, of course, any pictures Chris left behind him are your property, even those he didn't give you personally. Chris had no family, and they'd all be considered security for the unpaid bill. And so forfeit to you. Dr. Haggard, I'm prepared to give you a thousand dollars for the lot. A thousand dollars? For the lot, understand. I understand, Mr. Bannon. I... The only trouble is there was someone else here. Someone else? Not two hours ago. With the same proposition? Not quite the same. You didn't sell him your Christopher Bean pictures. I gave them to him. You... What? Well, Mr. Davenport said... Maxwell Davenport? That's the one. You're sure his name wasn't Talon? No, he said his name was Davenport. He said the paintings weren't much good. Have you got witnesses? My wife and daughter. Ah, then we're all right. We've got Davenport where we want him. We do? Yes, indeed. Maxwell Davenport is the art critic on the Chronicle. He has a reputation to protect. When we tell him we're going to swear out an affidavit against him and mention that he said the pictures were no good... Well, I rather think he'll prefer to give the pictures back to you. Now, meanwhile, I have here with me a bill of sale, which I shall just make out to you for $1,000. Dr. Dad, blame it, Abby. What do you mean interrupting me in the middle of a business deal? Here's another one of them New Yorkers that knows me by name, Dr. Haggett. I won't stand for no more folks who never saw me before in my life streaming in here and calling me by my name. I hope I'm not disturbing you, Dr. Haggett. Well, who are you? I'm Davenport. Who? Hello, Davenport. Oh, Bannon. Well, what are you doing here? Well, I'm here, Davenport, to straighten out a little hoax that was played on my good friend here. Mr. Bannon, I, uh... it's not the same. What? It's not the same Well, man. don't say another word. Don't say any more until we find out where we stand. I'm going to find out now. Mr. Davenport? Yes, Dr. Haggett. I don't think I'm not glad to make your acquaintance. I am. Will you please tell me how come all of Chris Bean's friends come to call all of a sudden? Why, haven't you heard, Dr. Haggett? Heard what? Christopher Bean's pictures are making a sensation in New York. No, I didn't hear. Why, just yesterday, the Atlantic Monthly came out with all the details of his stay here. How he lived in your barn. How your maid, Abby, used to bring coffee out to him on cold mornings. Abby did that? That's why I came. I'm writing a book on Christopher Bean. So those are the letters you folks have been finding in your desk, Mr. Bannon. You guessed it, Doctor. Just one more question, Mr. Davenport. How, uh... Much are folks paying for Chris's pictures? From five to ten thousand. Dollars? That's right. Each? Each. Oh, I... I think I'm going to be very sick. Dr. Hackett. No, I've got to be alone. I've got to be alone with my family. But the material for my book, Dr. Hackett. Not now, later. Very well. I'll be back this afternoon. Oh, uh, coming, Bannon? Now, about that man who was here before pretending to be Mr. Davenport, Dr. Haggard. What did he look you like? You get out, too. Well, all right, Doctor, all right. But don't do anything final until you see me. The one chance I ever had to make any money in... Hannah! Hannah! The wicked, sneaking, thieving skunk. The greedy only just makes me sick. That's what it does. That's it, Hannah. It's the greed of it that turns my stomach. And him snatching $20,000 right out of my hands. Well, maybe if we look some more, we'll we'll find the other pictures Chris left behind him. Don't you think I looked, Ada? Don't you think I looked? Well, maybe if we went through the barn again. No, it's no use, Ada. What's no use? I burnt them. You what? I put them on the bonfire and burnt them. Ma, you didn't... (laughs) They took up so much room, I burnt the lot. Ten thousand and over for everyone. Well, you thought they was terrible pictures, too, Milton. Don't keep saying that. The telephone's ringing, Milton. I'll let it ring. Well, maybe it's the thieving sneak that stole our pictures. You'll never hear from him again. Uh, Hello. Yes, this is Dr. Haggett. Go ahead, go ahead, put them on. What's that again? How much? Yeah. Well, I'll think it over. Call me tomorrow. Who was it, Milton? New York Museum. Oh. Wants to pay me $12,000 for Bean's painting of the covered bridge. That's the one I painted my 
that flower piece on the back oven sold for $50. I know it. What are we going to do, Milton? I've got to think. Shut your eyes, Milton. Shut your eyes. You always think better with your eyes shut. <laughs> now. Now what? Soup's on the table, folks. Get back in the kitchen, Abby. Well, I didn't think I'd be hollered at on my last day here, Dr. Haggett. <laughs> Her last day, thousands of dollars slipping through my fingers and her... Pa! I don't want to be talked to now, Ada. I know where there's a Christopher Bean picture. You what? Where? Why didn't you say something before? Well, well I didn't remember till I saw Abby come Stop in. Stop talking. Say something. It's up in Abby's room. Abby's room? Abby's portrait, Ma. Remember, you told me and Susie how you thought the fellow painted that mess was the same one who used to live in our barn. <laughs> Abby! A veritable gold mine has been uncovered in the shabby old New England house of Dr. Haggard. But instead of shining metal, the treasure consists of dusty old canvases still on their stretchers, bearing the pigments laid on by the skillful and sensitive hand of the late Christopher Bean. While the modern 49ers of the art dealer's fraternity are staking their claims, let us turn to Kenneth Banghart in consideration of another 49er that is making history this week. The Ford 49er. In some of your favorite magazines this week, you may see an advertisement which says, You can look now, it's the 49 Ford. Well, you can look now, because the one and only new car in its field is now on display at the Ford showroom in your neighborhood. And it's well worth looking at. Naturally, you'll be impressed first by the sleek, modern beauty of the 49 Ford, its simplicity and style. But look further. Examine the new Ford closely. Probably the next thing you'll notice will be the new bigness and comfort of the interior. The front seat is now six inches wider, and the rear seat almost nine inches, a full five feet wide. The windows are bigger, 20 square feet of sparkling glass. The instrument panel has been rearranged and lighted with black light for comfortable night driving. As an accessory, Ford has a new magic air temperature control to regulate the climate in your car the year round. And when you notice the luxurious new upholstery, the softness of the seats, and the baggage space in the deep deck luggage locker, you'll know why the new Ford is called a living room on wheels. Look under the hood. Learn about the two new Ford engines, a 95-horsepower 6 and a 100-horsepower V8. And you'll find, too, that for the first time in its history, the new Ford offers you at extra cost a factory-installed overdrive. That means new economy and ease of driving. Check the springs. The Ford 49er has new hydrocoil springs in front and new, longer, extra-strong Paraflex springs in the rear. And there are new king-size magic action brakes and a new improved steering linkage to make driving easier and safer. Take a good, long look at the new 49 Ford. Examine it from bumper to bumper. Add up all its features and its beauty, comfort, power, and safety and see if you don't agree, too, that the car of the year is the 49 Ford. Act three of the Ford Theater's presentation of the late Christopher Bean. As our curtain fell on act two, Dr. and Mrs. Haggard had discovered that the paintings of the late Christopher Bean who had lived in their barn, were worth thousands of dollars. Desperate at the realization that Mrs. Haggard had burned all pictures being left behind, they suddenly remembered that there was one that had not been destroyed. A portrait the sick and hungry young artist had painted of their hired girl, Abby, who this very day is leaving them forever. And now Abby, who had just been ordered back into her kitchen, is being called ever so sweetly back into the dining room. The 
called me Dr. Haggett? Yes, Abby, oh, Abby, I... Dr. Haggett, sorry he spoke so rough to you just before. That's all right. And he couldn't rest till he'd apologized. All right. Ada's gone out to buy a little going-away present, Abby. We're giving you a box of candy. Dr. Haggett. Oh, you know I wouldn't have yelled at you on your last day, Abby, if there weren't something wrong with me. It's my nerves. You want a good dinner, that's what you want, Dr. Haggett. It's almost time for me to catch my train, but i got a pork chop nice and hot. No, oh, I couldn't eat a thing, Abby. Nice glass of hot milk with a cracker. It's no use, Abby. Look. Look at how my hand is shaking. Oh, you are in a state, Dr. Haggett. Are you going away and all these people streaming in from New York and this room in a mess... You know, it, it wouldn't be so bad if this room looked right. What's the matter with the room, Dr. Haggett? It's that patch over the fireplace where Ada's picture was. Uh, yes, things like that bother doctor's nerves something terrible. Well, I can fix that, Dr. Haggett. I'll wash off wet smoke. Oh, I would still leave an empty place, Abby. What we need is something to cover up the whole place. A big picture. Mm-hmm. Abby, haven't you got a picture Chris Bean painted of you before he died? I got my portrait. Well, now, if that isn't just the thing, we'll hang that there. Dr. Haggett. Oh, just till you go, Oh, Abby. I couldn't have my picture hanging here. Why not? Oh, what would people say if they come into your dining room? See a picture of me hanging there, scraping carrots. This is a democracy, isn't it? Well, I'd like very much to a bl- 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 Now, don't refuse him, Abby. There's a picture of your mum in the upstairs hall, Dr. Haggett. It's about the same size as this. Why don't you hang that up? She's been dead so long. She's just as happy in the upstairs hall. <laughs> L- look at how my hands are shaking, Abby. Well, having my picture in your dining room would make your hands stop shaking. Oh, it would, Abby. It would, believe me. Well, then I guess I'll go get it. Didn't know folks thought so highly of me. There, Milton, you see? That wasn't so hard. I'm only doing this for the girl's sake. You know that, Hannah. I'd never do this if you didn't din into me about getting a city made and the girls having to find husbands and all. I know, Milton. Yes. Only this morning I was a peaceful country doctor, filled with gentle thoughts of a medical description. I coveted nothing. Well, you better stop thinking about that and think how you'll get the portrait from her. She ain't give it up yet, you know. And our train goes. Well, here it is, Dr. Haggett. You want me to hang it over the patch now? I can't tell you how I appreciate what you're doing for me, Abby. It does look nice here, don't it? Makes it look more important. Just look at that picture, will you? Look at that dab of red on the nose. And the hands is blue. Maybe she just did the wash. What's that she's holding? It's a knife. She is scraping carrots. There it is. Who ever thought that my portrait would be hanging over the fireplace in the dining room? Wouldn't Chris Bean be proud to see it now? Wished he could see it. He thanked me when he was all done painting it. No, Abby, don't cry here. here. You'd have me crying, too. You're all so good to me. It's because we're fond of you, Abby. And look, Hannah, now we've got two Abbeys. Mm. One of them standing here in the flesh and blood, and the other there on the wall. That's right. Oh, seems a pity to let the both of them leave us, doesn't it, Hannah? I know what, Abby. Since you're going away after all these years, it'd be awful nice for you to leave your portrait behind you here with us. Leave it here? For God? Oh, I wouldn't ask you to make such a sacrifice without giving you something in return. How could you give me anything in return? Well, I wouldn't say I could give you anything to equal what the portrait would mean to us. But I guess $50 would come in pretty handy in Chicago. It's real generous of you. But I couldn't never see my way to giving up my portrait. I- I'm funny that way about things I've had so long, Dr. Haggard. Uh, Abby, how'd it be if we had a nice photograph made of it and gave that to you to keep with you in Chicago? Got me so upset now, I don't know what to do. Had no idea you were so fond of me. Why, Abby, you know we always liked you. No, I didn't, Miss Haggett. I knew Susie did, but I had no idea you and Doc. I know what we'll do. I'll get the photograph for you. I'll get it made in Chicago and send it back. Now, don't be... Please, you'll be late for the train if you don't start getting ready. Warren's come for the trunks. Susie, I'm so glad you're here, Susie. I need somebody to talk to. <laughs> Tell Warren he can start taking the trunk down, Susie. Abby will be ready in a minute. Go on now, Susie. You're not going to rush Abby away from us after 15 years. Well, but don't forget now, Abby. 
I'm riding to the junction with you. Susie, your ma wants me to leave. We my... want you to ride to the junction with our Abby, Susie. Now go tell Warren to get the trunk. All right, ma. Dr. Haggis. Don't disappoint us, Abby. I got so used to looking at that portrait. Vanity, Abby, vanity. No better than if you were to sit all day in front of a looking glass. Oh, it ain't me I see, Dr. Haggard. It, it's the time when I was young. It's all how things used to be in the old days. It, I couldn't say it. I couldn't say it. Oh, there's the doorbell, Dr. Haggard. Maybe those New York folks again are better let them in. I'll let them in, Abby, while you make up your mind about the portrait. Just didn't think my leaving would hit everybody so hard. It's hit us terrible hard, Abby. That's why we want you to think it over about the portrait. Now, why don't you go up and sit in your room alone for ten minutes and think it over, Abby? Think what it would mean to us. All right. I will. I just never thought it would mean so much to you to have me hanging there in your dining room. Come just in time, gentlemen. Mr. Davenport, Mr. Bannon, come right in. Take a chair, oh. folks. Take a chair and say the rest yourselves. Thank you, Mrs. Haggard. I came, Dr. Haggard, to find out once and for all what Christopher Bean paintings you've got in the house and to make an offer. And I'm here to protect you, Dr. Haggard. I don't usually mix in buying and selling, but I'll be glad to put proper values on. What? Good heavens. That painting over the fireplace. That painting is... The portrait of Abby. Well, just as he described her in his letter. Bringing him coffee on cold mornings. Taking her work out to him. Our coffee. And to think that the man who painted this died miserably. Why, this... This is a masterpiece. I'll give you $7,500 for it, Dr. Haggis. Where's Abby, Hannah? It don't matter, Milton. Did you hear what he said? He'll give I you... I can't, Hannah. 10000 Milton, nobody will marry Ada if we don't get her away from here. You'll have her on your hands all your life. Maybe Susie, too. 10000 as high as I'll go, Dr. Haggard. And I think it's eminently fair, don't you, Davenport? Oh, hell, I might as well be hanged for a sheep as a lamb. I'll take 40000 Milton, you're crazy. 40000 I appeal to Mr. Davenport. Uh, a little high, Doctor. All right, thirty-five. Don't be easy, Milton. Fifty. No. Seventeen and a half. Thirty thousand, Mr. Bannon. Take it or leave it. Well, I certainly won't take it. I think you've met your match at last, Bannon. Twenty. Thirty. Cash in three days. Twenty-nine. Milton, don't slip. Twenty-three. Half of it down in the balance tomorrow. Twenty-five on the same terms. Done. Dr. Haggard, are you all right? Yes, yes, I... I'm all right. I'm fine. But you better get that picture out of here right away. After you give us our money. That's just what I'm going to do right now. I thought it over, Dr. Haggett, and much as I hate denying... Yes, I knew it was all right, Abby. I knew it was all right. Now, here's the $50 I promised you, and goodbye, Abby. You'll miss your... What's the man doing there with my portrait? Taking it to New York, Abby. Does somebody have some string? What right you got to take it away? Well, I never paid more for a right in my life. Belongs to me. It... How's that again? It belongs to me. What's come over you, Abby? You just sold it to me. I never... I never... Why, Abby, you got the money right in your hand. Why, Dr. Haggard, it wouldn't be that you'd just try to cheat Abby, would it? Here, take this money back. Go on, take it. They... I'd be ashamed. I'd be ashamed. After me telling you I never wanted to part with it, you... Of all the sharp underhand... This house is mine and everything in it is mine, and you're my paid help. Oh, now, this is going too far, Haggard. The portrait ain't yours. Now, look here, Doctor. I want my check back. It's just a misunderstanding, a misunderstanding between me and my friend Abby. Now, if you'll all just step out of the room a minute, we'll have it well, straightened out in just one minute. Now, uh, that's all I ask. One minute. See now, Abby, I was only trying to make money for you. It was going to be a surprise. Mrs. Haggard and I were working up for you. Well, I caught you at it. But, Abby, I can get you $1,000. You're not going to turn your back on $1,000. Why, people in your circumstances haven't got the right to own things that are worth so much money, Abby. Maybe we ain't. But my portrait's all I got in the world. 
And the boy who painted it. Well, I ain't ashamed to say it now. It's so long ago. I loved him. And I still love him. And he died just after he finished painting it. That's why it means so much to me. You're thinking only of yourself, Abby. How about your poor brother in Chicago and the children? You'll all be poor out there. Don't keep at me, Dr. Hackett. I promised Chris I'd never part with it. means all the happiness I ever had in my life. You know that I ain't had so much, Dr. Hackett. That portrait doesn't belong to you, Abby. Don't belong to me. It was time I paid for that you wasted sitting for Chris Bean to paint it when you should have been working. It ain't so. I worked every minute he was painting. Every minute. You used to take him out our coffee to drink. I never. You know how Miss Haggett always watched coffee. That was my own breakfast coffee that I saved for him and took out to him. It was all I ever had to give him, my coffee was. There now. What more meanness can you think up? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Honesty is the best policy after all. They want to pay me 25000 for your portrait. 25000 Divide with me, Abby. Take half and give me half. Now, if it weren't for me, you wouldn't have any of it. I can't, Dr. Haggett. I promised Chris... Take more than half. Take 15000 Now, think what you can do with 15000 I can't, I tell you. Take 16000 That's my dress. Greed, Abby, greed. I greed. I wouldn't take a million. You ought to be ashamed. Yeah. All right, Abby. He was so poor, Chris was. Never had no good coat nor nothing warm. Never had no warm room to sleep in nights. Nor nothing he needed. He was so poor. If he could have afforded to go away from here down south, he needn't have died. I used to pray that we'd have an early thought. Just for sweet pity's sake. How is it a man dies so poor when he painted pictures that's worth so much? Because nobody had any use for his pictures while he was living. I always liked them. That's why I kept so many. You kept so many? Miss Haggett, she put them on the bonfire, but I took them off. I couldn't stand to see Chris Bean's paintings burn. How, how many did you keep? Seventeen. Got them all rolled up in the trunk, nice and safe. All seventeen. Hannah! Mr. Bannon! Everybody, quick! Now you do what I tell you, Warren Creamer. You open up that trunk. Tell him to open up that trunk, Abby. But I, I just roped it up, Dr. Haggett. Unrope it. You've got a knife, haven't you? You make me miss my train, Dr. Haggett. Susie's waiting out in the truck already. Talking about trains at a time like this. Cut the ropes, Warren. Yeah. There. Hope you're satisfied. Now, Abby, where are the paintings? I'll get him, Dr. Haggett. I don't like for folks to go messing in my trunk. There they are. There they are. You needn't grab, Dr. Haggis. Yes, sir. Christopher Bean's all right. You don't have to tell me, Mr. Davenport. What do you say they're worth, eh? What do you say they're worth? Will you well... rope my trunk up for me again, please, Warren? Sure, Abby. Is this person worth 10000 Mr. Davenport? Easily, I should say. Ah, do you hear that, Bannon? 10000 for the first, and I've got 17 of them. I guess you can take my trunk out to the truck, Warren. I'll just say goodbye to the folks here. All right, Abby. What's your offer, Bannon? Uh... I'm prepared to talk business now, so what's your offer? Well, now, wait a minute before we start talking business. Are you the rightful owner this time? Weren't they left here against the unpaid bill? <laughs> Am I the rightful owner? Well, what do you think? Yes, Bannon, they do seem to belong to him. Well, I never tackled anything quite so big in my career. A corner on Christopher Beans. I guess I'll be going, Dr. Haggis. What's your offer, Bannon? Remember what Mr. Davenport said now? 10000 for the first, and there's 17 of well, them. Well, now, let's see. I might get the deal financed if you'll give me time. Schmidt will come in on this, I think, and there's Goldman. I could put him down for 40000 My train will be going, Dr. Haggett, so I guess I'd better say goodbye. How much time will you give me, Dr. Haggett? Well, depends on the price you set on the lot, but it's got to be a good price, uh, mind you. Well, let me just figure this up. <laughs> well, you go right ahead, Mr. Bannon. I'm not going to stop you. Well, I guess I'll just go. Goodbye, everybody, Mr. Davenport. Oh, uh, Abby, excuse me, I didn't hear you. It's 
all right, Mr. Davenport. I was just saying goodbye, but... May Charles I just say busy. one word to you about your portrait, Abby? Please, Mr. Davenport. Well, I'm not trying to take it from you, Abby. I'll give you 180000 You said two hundred before. I appeal to you, Mr. Davenport. Uh, just a moment, Mr. Bannon. I know that it's more than a work of art to you, Abby. I'm not ashamed to admit it, Mr. Davenport. I never was. You know how folks thought about him here, him being only an artist and all. And they never understood him. They wouldn't have understood him no better for liking me. But I'm not ashamed. I know you're not, Abby. I know the bond that must have existed between you and Chris Bean when he painted it. Chris Bean was the only man that ever asked me to marry him. What was that, Abby? Chris asked me to marry him. He was the only man who ever did. Haggett, did you hear what... Haggett, Abby. You didn't, you... He was so sick. I couldn't refuse him nothing. Then, then you're the widow of the late Christopher Bean. I know I am. Well, she's got to prove it. She's got to prove it. <laughs> well, I believe she can. Certainly I can. Got my marriage lines right here in my reticule. Here it is. Hmm? We got married on a Thursday night, right after I did all the baking. Rights of matrimony between Christopher B. Well, here's and... my wedding band. Always wore it on the same little velvet ribbon. Well, then, all these pictures belong to her. I can't do business this way. I can't. I'm sorry, Mr. Bannon. I always wanted to hold folks' good opinion of me. But I guess I really don't care who knows it. I'm Mrs. Christopher Bean. I'm Mrs. Christopher Bean just as much as Miss Haggett is Miss Milton Haggett. You'll and... miss your train, Abby. I'm, I'm coming, Susie. Well, goodbye, Dr. Haggett. I'll send you a postcard from Chicago. Take them. But I thought... He's giving you back your paintings, Abby. You're giving me back my... Well, now, isn't that just too lovely? You're awful good to me, Dr. Haggett. And I hope you get over them shaky hands of yours real soon. Hurry up, Abby. We'll miss the train. Come in, Susie. <laughs> Paintings are kind of hard to carry or unroll this way, ain't they? But I wouldn't exchange them for all the money in the world. I think that's all other folks sees in them. But to me, they'll always be Christopher Bean. <laughs> Curtain falls on this heartwarming scene as the widow of the late Christopher Bean, dressed for the train, her eyes shining and a pretty flush in her cheeks, walks down the garden path to the waiting truck. In her arms are the unwrapped paintings she treasures. I should like to acknowledge the tender and sympathetic performance of Barbara Weeks, who played Abby, in this afternoon's Ford Theatre performance of the late Christopher Bean. Dr. Haggett was played by Cameron Prudhomme. Next week, for the season's final Ford Theatre presentation, we invite you to listen to a radio version of Sinclair Lewis's famous Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, Arrowsmith, the celebrated story of a doctor's fight against sham and fakery. May I say how much I've enjoyed pinch-hitting here on the Ford Theatre for your regular spokesman and my very good friend, Howard Lindsay? Next week, Howard Lindsay will be back on the Ford Theatre following the successful launching of his new play, Life with Mother. Thank you, Louis Calhern. This afternoon, your guest spokesman has been Louis Calhern, famous as one of the fathers in Life with Father and currently starring in the Broadway revival of the plays The Thing. The late Christopher Bean was written by Sidney Howard, adapted for radio by Sylvia Berger, and edited by Howard Teichman. The musical score was composed by Amadeo Di Filippi and conducted by Howard Barlow. The entire production was under the direction of George Zachary. Other players heard in today's cast were Warren Bryan, Alice Goodkin, Richard Gordon, Jane Houston, Joanne McCoy, Beatrice Pons, James Van Dyke, and Harry Worth.
Next week, Aerosmith. The Ford Theater is presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars, and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.